When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dilly Dong, Dilly Dong. It's the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me today down the King Power Stadium is James the Sharp End Sharp. Hello, Rob. Uh, we've just sat through Claude Powell's press conference ahead of the trip to Manchester City, the league leaders, the runaway league leaders at the weekend. But all the talk wasn't of Manchester City. It was of one individual who is still missing, Riyad Mahrez. And uh, I you sense a bit of frustration in the room today. Yeah, from both parties, from from journalists who wanted answers that they didn't get and well for being asked questions that he didn't either A, want to answer, B, know the answers to, um, the likes of have you spoken to Riyad Mahrez, do you know where he is, when's he going to come back to training, is he away with his, on your permission or is he absent without leave? All of these questions, all the ones that the fans want to know the answers to, the ones that we as journalists want to know the answers to, we didn't get the answers to. No, I think this, the position of the club is that um, they need to do everything behind closed doors. They've got to do it all in um, privacy because of uh, employ- employment etiquette. And when some words were coming out of uh, Mahrez's camp, like he was depressed and of a fragile state of mind that uh, immediately made Leicester City even more cautious about how they approach this now. I mean, if there's any suggestion of a, a mental illness and they, uh, in light of what happened with Gary Speed, uh, tragically, a few years ago, then now I think it's such a sensitive topic within the game that they're going to uh, tread very, very carefully with this. But uh, remains to be seen if that is the case, or whether that's just a clumsy use of uh, inappropriate wording, which has sparked all this. But, um, but until they know for sure, Leicester City... Um, are keeping things very close to the chest. And you can imagine the frustration of supporters, can't you, James? Yeah, you can. I mean, you, you can kind of get it from the club's point of view in that it's a employee-employer HR issue. And if, you, and if you had a dispute with your employer at work, you wouldn't want it to be broadcast. So you can appreciate that stance. But it's slightly different when it's... Or it feels slightly different from a fan's point of view when... It's a football club, it's a player, and it's Leicester's best player. And before this all happened, Leicester were 7th in the table, looking at 6th, thinking about FA Cup trips to Wembley, and this happens, and then Leicester haven't won since, and this is just distracting, and, it, and it's a mess. And they aren't getting the answers to it. So you can, you can appreciate the fans' frustrations as well, because they want to see their best player. Their best player looks like he's refusing to play, and... The fans, oh, it's going on for what, 10 days now, and the fans still aren't, still don't know any more than what they knew at the beginning. Well, it's three games on Saturday. He's confirmed that Mares will not yeah. be back for the Man City game, so that'll be his third game he's missed. Now, we, as you said, we don't know whether that's with the club's permission, uh, whether they've given him time to c- clear his head after his disappointment at his move to Manchester City breaking down. How ironic it's Manchester City this weekend. If it wasn't the media circus. Yeah, I know. Before, huh? <laughs> exactly. Um, so we don't know whether he's been given permission, they won't say, uh, or whether he's still uh, refusing to train or come back to the club because he saw what he perceived to be a big chance for him to progress his career 
blocked Leicester City rejecting the offer of £50 million and a £15 million rated player in Patrick Roberts, a youngster. Leicester City didn't think he was worth £15 million and wanted £80 million cash. And uh, the deal fell through on transfer deadline day and the subsequent uh, result of that is Leicester City a very disruptive camp. They have a best player that's now unavailable to them and they're facing Man City on Saturday. It's played into Pep Guardiola's hands, isn't it? I'm not saying it's deliberate, but it's played into Man City's hands and to the detriment of Leicester City. Yeah, I mean, uh, Claude has been exceptionally dignified all the way through this from the begin- from the post-match press conference at Everton when he had to speak about it for the first time, the build-up to Swansea, after Swansea and now here. He always maintains that it's not been a distraction, that his players are playing well and he has... He has no issue with Riyadh and he, his, he understands Riyadh's frustrations and he, he just wants him to come back and he wants him to play and all these things. He keeps saying all these things, but he has to be. Like, I can't believe, I can't believe, well, not to be frustrated by all this and annoyed by all this because... Well, I thought he was going to walk out of the press conference at the one stage. I thought there was a brief pause and he got up out of his chair as if to say, well, I've had enough now, well, I'm off. I've seen an opportunity to end this press conference, but somebody chipped up with a question and he sat straight back down. So I can imagine, you could see his frustration. Yeah. I mean, it would be... I mean, well, like, you can appreciate Paul's frustration as well because not only has he got... Not only has he got a player, his best player, not here and not able to perform against... as. Claude said that one of the best sides, if not the best side in Europe, and not to have your most creative player against them is going to lessen your chances of winning the game. And Leicester need to win the game if they've just failed to win two in a row. Not only has he got that, but he's also got journalists asking him questions about all this rare situation. He must, part of him must just want to go, look, I either don't know where he is or I have spoken to him and he's not coming back. He, want, he must want, he must feel like he wants to explode, but he can't do because he's he's got to he's got to maintain and keep and want to keep the confidentiality as we've said, keep things confidential and keep things behind closed doors because that's as the club perceive it the, the right way to do things. I, I do feel for him in this. He did say um, that he felt the best way for Mares to get his head right um, uh, is for him to get back playing and training, and he's called for him sent out an appeal for him to come to come back. Yeah, and that is in line with. Um, and a former Leicester, former Leicester hero, Neil Lennon, did a piece with, with the Sun today, who Neil famously um, uh, had to deal with depression through his through his career. Um, and in it, he says that he found the, the best way to deal with it was to come to come back and play football and get on the training ground and and feel that that, that ball on your feet and. That's the best way going about doing it. There is a scientific link, isn't there, between exercise and, and strong mental health as well. It does help. So yeah, and, and exactly. So so Lenny was saying that that's that's a good thing if you are struggling, and and if if Riyad is struggling as his camp say he is, then for someone who loves football so much, as Claude kept kept telling us, the best way to do it for both parties, both for the club because of how good a player he is, and for Mares because. To, to help him get through what, whatever he's he's experiencing, come back and play football and do what you what you're best at. He also called for unity, didn't he? He understands the frustration of fans because we get it on social media and on the yeah. web, our websites. And and I know talking to other journalists and certainly the ones that cover Leicester City day in day out, they getting it, experiencing it as well. Fans just want to know what's going on, and they're, they're 
pointing fingers at the club. It's, you know, it's, um, it's not a great sort of period for him. It's a difficult time for everybody involved with the club. Um, but uh, Claude's come out and said, stick with us, hasn't he? Yeah, it, it, I mean, he, he said the same thing before the Swansea game. He said that what is important in these difficult times is um, to stay united. And he think, he says the players have done that in training. Uh, he says he's been impressed by how they've dealt with everything. And he wants the fans to do the same and be a united club going forward. I don't think it's as easy as that. And I know we see constantly on social media fans venting frustration and it's usually in situations it's usually the the vocal minority that that come out of me and, and post uh, post kind of inflammatory but emotional um, responses to things but the longer this goes on the longer it drags on and the longer that the performances don't match what they want or the, the, they think the club are capable of all that kind of goodwill that Mares has, has built up over the years will continue to get eroded away and from before the game against Swansea to after the game against Swansea you can already see a, a shift towards light-hearted playfulness towards Morris's absence to frustration and, get, and anger. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the longer it goes on as well it's not going to help his cause um, and whether he's bothered about his legacy at Leicester City we don't know. Um, he, he just might be so totally focused on getting his move away now that um, he's not bothered about that he might not be to the end of his career when he looks back on that and he thinks about that and reflects upon that um, but uh, I, th- I think everybody's having their say now on the Mahrez situation we've certainly seen a lot of uh, stuff in the media about whether it's right or wrong a lot of uh, debate about it the PFA offering as well to get involved um, a rather interesting debate uh, wasn't there on TalkSport yesterday when Simon Jordan the former Crystal Palace chairman said how on earth can the P- PFA be impartial mediators when their whole organisation is set up to look after players yeah. not the club yeah it's true um, I mean, that was quite uh, quite emotive but um, yeah it's just it's just really it's just really messy uh, doing it and uh, his legacy is important surely it's important I know everyone Every pundit is weighing in on the situation because it's the biggest talking point, one of the biggest talking points in football at the minute. A former Premier League winner, a former PFA Footballer of the Year, has refused to play for his team and is has been away for, for 10 days now. Of course it's a huge talking point, but his legacy has to be important. Now, I thought Liam Rossini, the Brighton defender, spoke very well on this, on, on the Sky's debate, and said... That things like this don't get forgotten, and he thinks that Mahrez will look back at this in years to come, and look back at how he's dealt with this, and he will be disappointed. And if he does tarnish his reputation at Leicester, it will be disappointment because the Leicester story was so huge and so romantic and so perfect as a as a sporting underdog story goes. To spoil it in this way would be a real shame yeah that, that's assuming there isn't any other circumstances behind his absence if it's just a case of him down in tools then it will definitely hamper you know any sort of legacy that, that he has I have to say though but without doubt in all the clubs I've covered in my career he's the most talented player to play for any of them it's been a privilege to watch him so far and I hope it's not the uh, the last time that uh, I see him pulling on a Leicester City shirt I actually don't think it will be I think we'll see him I think we'll see him before the end of the season uh, I think they can sort this out and I think he'll realise that it's into his own benefit that he gets back playing, stays fit and then hopefully gets his move. There's been some suggestion in the media as well today that he needs reassurances from the club that they will sell him. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of um, 
I know us as journalists are always uh, kind of encouraged to, to move the story on slightly, which is often difficult when the story isn't really moving on. Um, but there's been a couple of reports this morning, one of which says that Riyadh is seeking assurances that he will either be guaranteed a move in the summer or he will want a release clause put in his contract to have that co- contract rewritten. Um, how likely Leicester have to do that after they had to sell N'Golo Kante um, after the title winning season, I'm not sure. Then there's another report as well, which kind of ties into his first thing of guaranteeing a move away. Well, the reports in another national today that Man City aren't overly impressed by how the the fallout of this has gone and, and, and Riyadh's reaction to it. And that's kind of tempered any interest that they might have in him in the summer. So if it, it's always has to get caveated by if Morris is going through serious mental, mental struggles then this all gets tempered by that mm. but it's difficult um, uh, and it, it might not work in Morris's favour to standing tools well it's Man City as we've said that um, I've been heavily involved in this yeah. uh, it was their approach that um, sparked all this Leicester City go there on Saturday. Do you think they could use this as motivation? I think the players can go, right, we'll show you. Well, they've done it before. They've done it with, after the Claudio sacking, they, all the stick, the stick they received, personally. That gave them a bit of a push uh, to go and beat Liverpool. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's going like to be a huge them. task anyway, regardless yeah, yeah, of motivation. I, mean, as I think Claude said today, didn't he, that Leicester are going to have to play the perfect game to beat Man City. Playing the perfect game is difficult and you haven't got your most creative match-winning player. That's not to take anything away from Jamie Vardy, but in terms of a player that can conjure something from nothing and against Man City, you often get given nothing. So to do that without Mahrez is going to be a, diff- is, is going to be a difficult task. And they're not going to be just without Mahrez, are they? No, they're not, actually. This is There's a, been a few problems in the striking front, James. Yeah, no. Um, all of a sudden, Claude's gone from having too many strikers in his squad... Um, and searching for, as he would say, a good balance to not really having many at all. Shin Jokazaki's been ruled out for two weeks for a kick on his knee, which leaves Leicester with just Jamie Vardy and Kletcher Iheanacho as, as striking options. I know Leicester only play with one striker anyway, but they've now only got two strikers, which seems odd, because we all, well, it's odd that they, that they got rid of both Ijoa and Slomani when... Well, we did state all the way through the window. We thought it was going to be one or the other. That's what the that's what the, the noises were all the way through the window, wasn't it? Was yeah, Slomani went, Ujo would stay, and vice versa. But they both went. Yeah, and now Leicester haven't got Leicester don't have a physical striker, which was odd against Swansea when the last fifteen minutes it's just pumping balls into the box, and Leicester don't have a, Leicester don't have a big striker to aim them towards. That was tailor made for Ujo, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether the, the the balance may have tipped the other way, but. Leicester suddenly have gone from having too many strikers to not having enough. Isn't that always the way, though, isn't it? When you, uh, you you do that, you move a couple of strikers on, inevitably one of you, the strikers must be looking at that going, Ooh, one of us is going to get injured now, because that's always the way. Yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, so Shinji is out, and then there's going to be no Wes Morgan either. Um, positive news in that Wes is back, back training. Uh, two strong sessions, Claude said, and it's encouraging signs, but Wes will need under-23s games behind closed doors, friendlies, that kind of thing, to get him back up to match fitness. But... Yeah. Leicester Leicester done alright I think defensively I think Dragovic has been excellent yeah, yeah. I think Dra- and, and I think with Wes and Houthi are both back available uh, and match fit from playing some under 23 games I think they're going to struggle to, to dislodge Dragovic from the side I really do yeah. I think he's been 
excellent defensively. He doesn't take any chances, does he? He's a no-nonsense sort of um, defender, an old-school defender in many ways. He loves to defend first and foremost. Mm-hmm. He used to say that about Huth and Morgan, didn't we, at the time <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. season. So, yeah, so Dragovic and, and uh, Maguire will carry on uh, at the back and they're going to be sturdy tested by a, a Man City side that, as Puyar says, are one of the best in, in Europe at the moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know they've struggled, I say struggled, and still what, however many double-digit points clear. Uh, they've they lost to Liverpool and they've got held by Burnley. So they're, they're not completely infallible, but with the likes of Kevin De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero, uh, Raheem Sterling, and all, David Silva, all these majestic players, it's, it's going to be a, a stern test for, for Leicester's defence. Poole said that it's going to be a challenge, but there's going to be no pressure on City. Nobody's going to expect them to do anything there. And sometimes they, they rise to that challenge. Yeah, Le- Leicester have always... They love being underdogs, don't they? That's where they, where they thrive. and Hence the Kasabian song. Yes, exactly. And let's cling to that, shall we? Let's hope for them to get something. But as Paul said, it, it, it's a good a good benchmark, really. A good test to see... To test their progress, is how he, he phrased it. To see how far they have come. Because um, not long ago, when they played Man City last time and, and failed to defeat... Can test themselves again this time and see how far they've come. Because they, they, they played Chelsea off the park at Stamford Bridge and should have won but didn't. Man City is a, is a, is a stronger test than that, but let's see how they get on. Regardless of what happens on Saturday, I'm sure all the talk afterwards is going to be about a certain little Algerian winger, isn't it, again? And uh, as long as this drags on, then it's certainly going to overshadow the football. So hopefully that'll get sorted sooner rather than later. Now, I didn't say it at the top of the shop, but I'll say it now. Beer52.com. If you want to get your free beer, eight free beers from around the world, all you've got to do is go to their website, beer52.com. Use the tagline Leicester to register and you'll be enjoying those. And all you have to do is pay the poaches and pack in. Now, James will be running a live blog throughout the uh, the game on Saturday evening. Uh, we've got all the stories and all the big build-up to the game on the Mercury website and our Facebook page. Thank you for tuning into our podcast and we'll see you again next time.